You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yeah, better take 
to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters, in the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, 
Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So he poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shimhotep means go in peace. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotep family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good weekend. Hope you're going to get a chance to do all the things you should do, must do, can do, and will do. And hoping that the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. And that all depends upon where you live in. Because <laughs> up north, they're taking a pounding. And out east, they, man, all even California. Man, climate change is a mother. You know, me sitting over here in Atlanta in ATL in 70, 80 degree temperatures. It's ridiculous. Well, that part is not ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, family, I tell you. 
You're listening to African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. But of course, if you want to use the shortcut, you know, just go to a search engine, Firefox, you know, Internet Explorer, Google, AOL, Time for an Awakening, Black Talk Radio Network, whatever. Put in the search, babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. And there, once again, will be those programs that are dated and titled. Thanks to my good brother, Brother Kwaku. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening. That's this program once again is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, eleven AM to one PM and all times are gonna give our Eastern times on Tuesdays coming soon. That's why I'm keep announcing it because I'm I'm excited about Black Reality Think Tank coming back with Brother Alfonso Watkins honoring our dear brother, Doctor William Rogers. On Friday, if it's if it's Friday and it is, that's right. At 7 p.m., at 8 p.m. this evening, excuse me, 8 p.m. this evening, it'll be time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council from 7 to 9. And then on Sunday at 7 p.m., once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Also to, uh, family. If you c- come on and you come on through um, TuneIn, they've been playing commercials. And so you might want to come on Time for an Awakening directly on the website, Time for an Awakening or Black Talk Radio Network. And that way you can bypass those uh, interruptions, those commercial interruptions. We Buy Black. We Buy Black. The largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African owned businesses, WeBuyBlack.com. And once again, I say this, you know, sadly, still trying to get money, raise money to build a supermarket, a American African owned supermarket here in the Atlanta metropolitan area because we don't have one. We don't have one. Six million people, two million, us, two million people in the metropolitan area. You know? (laughs) I hear you, Brother Kwaku. (laughs) Damn, tune in. (laughs) But on the real family, you know, so go online to We Buy Black and uh, check it out. And make me maybe make a donation. If it, I mean, with two million people, uh, you know, obviously people do idealistic calculations. If every one of you just gave that out, you know, but we need those who understand what we're talking about. And if you are one of those people, and you have other like-minded people. To talk to about that. That's what we should do. All right, family. 
We buy black. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans, brothers and sisters. Brother Bomani Tahimba has been taking our people to the motherland for many years. He has a number of of, um, tours upcoming. Uh, He has exclusive safaris in Tanzania, custom tours to Senegal, to the Serengeti in Tanzania. He's going to be in Senegal and Gambia March 30th to April 9th. Ghana, May 24th to June 5th. Rwanda, July 20th through the 30th. Tanzania, November 16th through the 27th. South Africa, Azenia. Azenia time, that's that really, Azenia. December 24th to January 4th, 2024. Liberia, March 29th to April 9th, 2024. Ghana, July 11th to the 23rd, 2024. Kemet, November 21st to December 2nd, 2024. And uh, that's $4,400. You might want to consider trying to lock that in. That's a good price, family. You know, I was teased. Uh, I think I've told you this. I was teased uh, on on Facebook. I saw one that says fifty percent off, and it was fifteen hundred dollars. I tried to find it, tried to get it back. I couldn't find it because, believe me, I love that to be able to do that one. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm gonna, you know, this this is not this December, which is a ways away. That's December. 2024, not December 2023, December 2024, November 21st to December 2nd, 2024. So, and and the fact that is Brother Bomani, Tayemba, the tour will be African centered. Okay? You ain't got to worry about the, the Arabs who are pissed at uh, Kevin Hart saying that Egypt was black. You know, they all mad at him. They're trying to just. Yeah, it was. And I'm quite sure that tour, November 21st to December 2nd, will show that, will prove that. Brothers and sisters, if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani two two excuse me, 2007-2007. If you want to give Brother Bomani a call, call him at 404-931-9429, 404-931-9429, or just go to AfricaForTheAfricans.org. Habasha. Habasha Incorporated, the brothers and sisters with Habasha Works. Habasha, all the programs they have here, Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, Urban Green Jobs, and of course, the Kashi project that they um, rolled out in October of last year, the beautiful buildings, all of the things that are happening in Ghana with the Kashi program. program. Brothers and sisters, go to HabashaIncorporated.org. See for yourself. The ledge. Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics, the Ledge Group. They Ledge Group, they work in four areas of human survival, human necessity. Ledge, 
land for the environmental development for group economics, food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries with over 170 employed and over t- and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters become the member of the Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Abibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, but Bibiatumi out of Ghana. Go to Bibiatumi.com. They have a program upcoming. They have a conference. The It's going to be July 7th through the 9th. It's out of Ghana, but you'll be able to get that through... Uh, through the website, and it's okay. Online be via abibiatumi.com. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Abibiatumi.com. Go to the website. You may have to refresh a couple of times because it's coming out of Ghana, but they have so much. Lectures, free lectures, and so forth. All kind of stuff. Abibiatumi.com. Smy Pharmacy. Smy Pharmacy. Contact Brother Jabril at 770-765-7751. He can help you with a health plan for yourself. Chart it out for you. You know, Brother Jabril. Brother Jabril. And, of course, you can contact him. Oh, you also can email him at S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. SmyPharmacy at gmail.com. Moses West Foundation, the MosesWestFoundation.org. Brothers and sisters, this brother has created a machine. It is in Jackson, Mississippi right now as we speak that takes moisture out of the air because it's all around us. There is no issue of water shortage. Oh, I I know, and I watch the news all the time. They talk about lakes drying up. They talk about Lake Mead drying up. The whole Southwest is going to be in serious danger. But you can also put a water machine sucks moisture out of the air, goes through a filterization process, open the tap, out comes clean drinking water, usable water, water for aquaponics, water for, you know, daily use, water that has been tested to be clean and pure for drinking. Brothers and sisters, go to the MosesWestFoundation.org, MosesWestFoundation.org. And check out for yourself. Also to make donations, particularly to the Jackson, Mississippi Water Rescue. I hope to have uh, Brother Apollo on next week to talk about what the latest things are happening with um, the issues of water in this country and around the world. All right. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located on the West End here in Atlanta. I'm Ralph David Abernathy. Across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna, that's Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Brothers and sisters, give them a call at 404-444-1635. 404-444-1635. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, I want to thank once again Mama Nia for providing uh, the space and and everything like that and everything that she, that she does in her bookstore for um, having us present the comedic program. Our, our journey to historical greatness and African-centered perspective. Me and Brother Luwe did a good job. That brother did a fine job. He helped put it together. So I want to thank him. And I want to thank once again Mama Nia. Brothers and sisters, give Mama Nia a call. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, T-shirts, figurines, and everything in the Medu bookstore right there 
in the Greenbrier Mall. 404-346-3263. That's 404-346-3263. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia and, of course, Coffee Bar. Let me forget you got the coffee bar, brother. You got all kinds of African coffees and teas and pastries and everything like that. Brother Gazimde Ajamu at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar in Lithonia. I-20 East. You take I-20 East and then you exit 74, make a left, about a mile down. On the left will be the Black Dot. When you leave... Well, let me give Black Dot's number. 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. Brothers and sisters, there is light in the Black Dot. Jump back on I-20. Make a left. You get to I-20, make a left, and you're still going east. The next exit is exit 75, Turner Hill Road. You're going to make a right. The third light, you make another right. And on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market, the new Black Wall Street Market. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. The Thursday night broadcast last night on Blog Talk Radio, that's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. Us lifting us at from 9 to 10 p.m. every Thursday night, us lifting us. Uh, you can call to listen. Or give questions or comments or concerns at 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us. Also, too, on Fridays, I, I announce Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. My good brother Youssef Muhammad with Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Also on Blog Talk Radio from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial 563-999. 3089. That's 563 999 3089. Disaster awareness for community preparedness. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop located in Macon, Georgia. Brother Abija, Papa Abija, he's got it going on. He's open from Tuesday through Sunday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Give Brother Abija a call at 478 256 1166. 478 256 1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. Contact my sister Shelly Amonset at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. And go online, family, to sanjay-haiti.org. Sister Gabrielle Aurelia has been doing great work with our children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. You know they don't have safety net program by the government. They rely on the goodness and the donations of brothers and sisters like us. So go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. Akaban Institute, Baba Rudy, Mama Ya. Can't say enough about them and how much I have love and respect for them and all that they do. You can go to PayPal if you want to make an ongoing donation. PayPal is yabaruti at Yahoo. You can use Cash App if that's better for you. Dollar sign Yah, Y-A-A, the letter M, Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, ongoing donations to help support 
the development of our young warriors. Of course, he's a prolific writer and he has a, a multiple little books. He's got a book coming out soon. Go to Akaben House. Akaben House for the great books of Baba Baruti. Baba Mawalimu Mamani Baruti. And of course, uh, one book that we read from every show from the day before and the day of and sometimes the day after that, especially on Fridays, we read three days. So we got the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of the Inya Sasim, the Inya Sasim of daily revolutionary thought. February 23rd. That is one of the paradoxes of human behavior. That the very things that shape us and make us behave the way we do, to see the world the way we see it and relate to people the way we relate to them and those things that occur in our lives at points we cannot remember or recall. Nana, Dr. Amos Wilson. Imagine lying in filth, disease, spittle, vomit, pus, slime, unidentifiable excrements from bed sores, fleas, ringworms, and lice. Imagine worms, maggots in bodily waste, maggots thriving in the bed sores on your back, arms, legs, head, the whip welts, and the wounds cut and keep open by the metal cuffs locked to your wrists, ankles, and sometimes necks. Imagine a never-ending scratching, tearing through skin wherever you could reach to get at those parasites and the disease infested that is infesting your body. Imagine sweat, tears, human and rat feces, blood, pieces of flesh, teeth, toenails, fingernails, hair, menstrual blood, aborted fetuses, broken water, dead babies, afterbirth, screaming, moaning, and numbing pain, living bodies, not moving for days. This is not fiction, family. It was the worst nightmare in humanity. It was raw, unrelenting terror and horror. Only someone seeking to universalize and normalize European barbarities or to make our hell of a cost less tragic than it actually was would paint a picture that allows us to rest easy with our past as a mercilessly dehumanized, enslaved people. A firm remembrance has awakened me to what must be done. A firm remembrance has awakened me to what must be done. February 24th. Not, no one can truly defend democracy while fostering dictatorship and tyranny throughout the world. No judiciary system can fight against crime if the system itself is an umbrella to crime-related activities. A new handgun is produced every 20 seconds by the 922 gun manufacturers in this country. Let me say that again. A new handgun is produced every 20 seconds by the 922 gun manufacturers in this country. That comes to three handguns every minute, 180 every hour, 4,320 every day, 30,240 every week, nearly 130,000 every month, and over one and a half million every year. Still, this does not speak to the 250 million plus 
legal handguns already in circulation or the untold number of illegal ones brought through underground markets or those prizes owned by veterans of European wars on the world. It does not speak to the assault weapons, shotguns, rifles, grenade launchers, bazookas, attack helicopters, tanks, or handheld surface-to-surface missiles. And last but not least, this legal handgun market is in no way speaks to the thousands of individuals who know, or millions, who can easily learn how to make weapons. Guns, whether produced in, man, in, guns whether to produce in factories or basements, are made by people using relatively simple technology, like the kind illustrated in the anarchist cookbook. What one man can make, another can replicate. A mind focused on violence and destruction will surely find a way to it to this end. A people whose Asili, their culture, personality, their cultural personality, directed them to live, to conquer, and rule by armed force will become better and better at it as they practice against all others. Affirm. I clearly recognize the violent nature of Europeans, I say, but not passively. Affirm. I clearly recognize the violent nature of Europeans, but not passively. If you listen to this program a couple weeks ago, I did a program titled "The Better A Better Way to Kill Your Ass." Europeans have always found a better way to kill your ass. From the time they started with clubs and sticks and stones, to swords, to spears, to catapults, to guns, Gatling guns, machine guns, they always found a better way to kill your ass. February 25th, we cannot await a people who have denied our reality and attempted to destroy or, nat- or neutralize the healthiness of our culture to provide solutions. We cannot look to these people to restore our way. Dr. Maria Cambon. At the end of the day, the work begins. After we have expended all our energy Surviving the madness comes the second wind that enables us to smile at and hug each other in a genuine, unpretentious love and again to begin the quiet, insistent work of nation building. It is a glorious, fulfilling time when we attend lectures by our own, have our study groups drum and dance and attend university classes, sometimes face-to-face or online. It is when we direct our rights program, carefully listen to the wisdom of our most thoughtful elders, study our classics, write our truths, teach from the heart, go to spiritual gatherings and watch and discuss the merits and lessons of our historical documentaries and our Sankofian movies. It is a time spent celebrating births, spiritual joinings and family, a time when families, compliments and individuals can receive counsel. We gather at day's end as individuals in collective meditation to correctly channel our righteous rage as families deliberating our mission statements, as communities reaffirming our desire to earn our ancestors' appreciation. It is our time and our time alone. Ashe. Affirm, 
I feel my spare time purposefully (laughs) with us. (laughs) I ain't going to do it again. But you you got it. Brothers and sisters, the end, yeah, the sim of daily revolutionary thought. The end, yeah, the sim of daily revolutionary thought. Uh, (laughs) I tell you, brothers and sisters, I my guest today is Brother Jamoke Infateo. Good brother. He was here in Atlanta. Brother Jamoke, where you at now, man? You in Orlando? South, South Florida, right outside of Miami. Oh, outside of Miami. Okay. All right. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Can you, I'm good. I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you quite well, quite well brother. Quite well. Thank you once again for for being on the program today. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Well, you know, the, the, the issue, of course, is one that we all must understand and appreciate because even though uh, we know that reparations are owed, because my contention is not for us to strive for reparations does a dishonor and a disservice to our ancestors who suffered tremendously. I read that first piece, uh, and I believe you were on when I first read that first piece on, on in the end, you say something of all, all the, uh, all the horror, all the sores, and all the things that we have endured. To me, you know, that deserves, you know, retribution, and and and, and we deserve. Now, but the problem I have, of course, is that the, you know the word reparations means to repair, and and I think a lot of us, and especially like, and I know we're going to talk about a DOS. You know, they believe it is a check, you know, that, uh, you know, we should we should get some monetary compensation. And and, and I understand that because there have been families who um, who have suffered, uh, who have been impoverished for generations. And I understand that. But to me, the repair is a repair of people. And the only way to repair a people is through institution building. And so that money should go into educational institutions, healthcare institutions. And not only that, and it's not here, the real move for reparations is global. Because the same people who who were in Europe came here and did what they did. We're talking about the English, the French, the Spanish. And of course, they're in Europe. The challenge is for us to get reparations for Africa and for Africans everywhere we are because of how we were made to suffer. But of course, there are some of us who have fallen under the the spell of Urugu. No, man, we don't even know reparations. We had to march and so forth when they killed, but we don't even know reparations. They just will appeal, we just, just appeal to our humanity and allow us to share because you know this this place is just as much ours as it is theirs. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry, but you know, talk to me, my brother. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> you, you laid a lot out there in the introduction, and and I know you you begin your program with a libation. However, I often like to begin my interviews by calling the reparations lineage that I feel like that I am continuing the work of. So. We call the ancestors people like 
Congressman John Conyers. I say, I say, a good sister who, who I work with closely in Atlanta, Mama Injiri yes. Algani. I say, I say, you know, I had the honor and, and privilege to 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 be in meetings with the great thought leader, revolutionary. Dr. Mari Abubakari Obadeli. Yes, I say. Uh, people like Baba Hannibal Afriq, who yes. brought extreme excellence and, and integrity to our reparations yes. movement and new African liberation movement. And we round out, we'll give a few more. Queen Mother Moore. Yes, I say. Exemplary reparations activist for, for many decades. And, and many people don't know Sojourner Truth was an advocate for reparations. We bring her into the circle I and close out with um, Callie House yes. and Reverend Isaiah Dickerson. Yes. Um, who brought the ex-slave pension fund movement um, forward. So I give thanks and praises and I say to all of those and others we could name. Yes. Um, James Foreman with the Black Manifesto and others that we could name. But we're standing in the lineage and we're doing the work that they put forward and we're continuing that work. And so I feel honored and thankful to, to be moving in, in, in that spirit. I say. Um, you're right. Reparations is about repair. That's the root word of reparations. Uh, and Cobra says reparations is the process of healing, repairing, and restoring of people who have been harmed based on or violated based on their group identity, and in violation of their human rights by corporations, institutions, governments, and families. And so, um, so again, the two things I lift up in that definition is, one, is a, it is a process, and we know it won't be a one-time thing. It, it's an ongoing process. And also the fact that when we name those institutions or uh, uh, name those different forms that it can come from, not just limiting it to government, but also looking at institutions, also looking at um, corporations, and also looking at um, families and individuals. So we seek reparations um, from all of those um, criminal entities, and um, and that's how we're moving forward. Well, I, you know, like I said, um, and, and I say to those ancestors, those great ancestors who kept the memory of those of us who who were stricken by some by the evilness of a system, a global system of European, Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege, better known as white supremacy. It is a global phenomenon, and they owe us. You know, they truly do. They truly do. But uh, like I said, I. I'm looking at the reparations movement globally, you know. Sure. Many- and and one thing that we don't often bring in is the um, the Arab enslavement period. Yes. Right? Yes. Coming into East Africa. Right. That's why where, I'm saying we got it globally. That even preceded, mm-hmm. even preceded, right, when you say global, we have to mm-hmm. bring that one in as well. Which yes. preceded the transatlantic slave trade, mm-hmm. so-called transatlantic slave right. trade. And, um, and, and and in some ways was more vicious mm-hmm. um, and, Very and, brutal. And, and, well, brutal and cruel mm-hmm. than even the translated slave trade. I mean, you don't really want to compare like who's 
beating is the worst, but, mm-hmm. you know, there were some aspects of it in terms of, for example, the young men being made into eunuchs and things right. like that. And, 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 and you quite, know, um, they, they were still doing that in Northern Africa. When they destroyed Libya, the Africans mm-hmm. who felt they had to get out of wherever they are in so-called sub-Saharan Africa went north and came into Libya, they were imprisoned, and many of them were made eunuchs so they could work in you know, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Oman, Kuwait, whatever. You know? They were, do- I mean, just yesterday or still today, or maybe even again, they'll do it to us again tomorrow. So, yeah, I agree. That's why I'm saying I look at, I look at reparations globally. Because, you know, and I, and I don't look at it for a, a paycheck. But like I said earlier, that I recognize the, 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 what the devastation that has happened to families for generations. They've been poor. They've been destined. They could not get out of that impoverished condition, even when they received some assistance from the, from the federal government, which to me, it, you know, is not like this is a handout or anything. It's, it's old. But yet and still, it's insufficient, you know. And, of course, there are many uh, who believe that uh, we're not owed reparations. We've been given reparations. Just like, I don't know, do you remember this Caucasian? He was a columnist. He was an editorialist. And his his columns happened in the I think it was writing out of the New York Times at one time or the Washington Post, some bullshit. But anyway, Charles Cutheimer, he died about five or six years ago. And 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 I'm never forget, brother, brother Jamoke, I'm at the firehouse and I'm reading the editorial of, of the morning paper, you know, where he says, you know, we should give them reparations. This is probably late 70s, early 80s. See, we should give them reparations. We gave them welfare. We gave them affirmative action, other social programs. Yeah, give them reparations. Because with the mindset that they have, we'll get that money back within a year. It'll be just like these stimulus packages that began to happen uh, after that, you know, a stimulus package. Or like what happened during the pandemic, you know give you some money so you can go ahead and buy some stuff in the society. And then once we've done that, we'll say to them, to us, I don't want to hear a damn thing you got to say. And if you got an issue and a problem, ain't going to be no, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 class action suits. No, if you got a problem, you, you, and you better come with substantial proof of your allegation of you being wrong. Because once we do this, it's cut off. You you own your own. Each individual and you as a collective group, you're on your own. And whatever we do, and you can't challenge it without corroborating evidence against what we do, your ass is through. You know? And so he said it like that. Well, he didn't say those words, of course. <laughs> but that was his just. You know? Give them reparations because the way they are, we'll get it right back and those issues will be over. Well, you know, a lot of the challenge in some of the challenge in the reparations conversation 
is just people being clear on what reparations really is or what it really means. And so I, I, I gave an initial definition of Encobra, sort of like a generic definition, but I would like to unpack that a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when I joined Encobra, the, the elders of Encobra, even some of those names I mentioned earlier, acknowledging, shared with me that they said there's three roads to reparations, essentially mm-hmm. three roads to reparations. Those who feel like repatriation, returning to the motherland, returning to Africa, is their form of healing and repair. Mm-hmm. And not just going back to Africa, but going back to Africa with resources right. such that we can build schools and right. hospitals and, and create industry for ourselves and mm-hmm. all of that. That's an option. Mm-hmm. The second option is us carving out of the United States our own nation state. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the founders of Encobra were leaders, were a part of the provisional government of the Republic of New Africa. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier Mario Bedelli, right. who, who crafted the um, Declaration of Independence for the Republic of New Africa, as well as founding member of Encobra as well, but also people like um, Kalanji Olusegun, Hannibal Afrique, and many, many other people who were also a part of this formation known as Republican New Africa. We probably should do a whole show just on that. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I can speak on that, but I would love to bring in maybe a couple of elders who can even speak well, on Well, yeah, it you know. Uh, uh, level yeah, Baba, me. you know, Baba Akima, Mama Tamu are Definitely. here. You know. Definitely, as well yeah. as some other folks, Baba Falau, Brother Ukali, who's out in, in New Orleans, some mm-hmm. others as well. But, yeah, but, you know, Mama Akima. Mama Akima, Mama Tamu and Baba Akima. Yeah, right. Those would be excellent um, mm-hmm. um, people as well. So, yeah, no, so, we'll, yeah, so, Brother Jamoke, we will definitely do that. And I know usually in yeah. June, uh, the reparations uh, movement, at least in Cobra, has their uh, conference. Usually in June. I don't know if it right. has that changed. No, that's that's still the same. All right. It's the fourth, it's yeah. the fourth weekend in June. Okay. Yeah, this okay. year we're going to be out on the West Coast, out in the um, Oakland area. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, out there uh, in, in Mama Nabantu's Mama Nabantu's uh, area. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now I thought you were getting ready to mention the Republic of New Africa again because the Republic of New Africa uh, Independence Day or we don't say really celebrate commemoration that of the day that was declared with it with the Declaration of Independence was signed was March thirty first. Oh. And so every so every year since mm-hmm. then, March um thirty first, nineteen sixty eight, they have what's called New African Nation Day. Okay. To to recommit ourselves, to rededicate ourselves, have nation building classes mm-hmm. uh and workshops to rededicate ourselves to the project of building a sovereign nation. So, yeah, so option one, moving back. And, and again, with that option, then the, the government would put money into the treasury of the Republic of New Africa, and then it would have money and resources so it could implement, you know, service, government services to the people mm-hmm. living in the nation. Mm-hmm. And then the third option is would be those who want to stay in the United States and work their reparations out in the United States. Now, as I just alluded to, though, the founders of INCOBRA come out of the black nationalist and pan-Africanist movement. Right. And so, or also known as the new independence, um, in the new African independence movement. And so 
for them, really option one and two are the only really serious options. Or put it another way, separation mm -hmm. is the real serious, only yes. real serious reparations option. Mm -hmm. However, you know, the idea was that if we want the idea of reparations to move out of the black nationalist circle and the pan-Africanist circle, then we know everyone is not ready for those for option one and option two. Mm -hmm. So that so then we say, okay, well those who want to stay in the United States and work it out. But you know, those people who were really who again who were bringing the COPA together, they were really looking at option one and two, either you know, right. separate nation or repatriation. Mm -hmm. um, so that just so then and then we, so then we move from the next level of the definition I like to to share, um, which is the fact that United Nations at a certain point was getting different reparations um, demands were coming to the United Nations for them to, I guess, be like an intermediary uh, for different reparations demands. And so it became apparent that there needed to be some kind of standardization and uniformity around what reparations would look like um, internationally. Mm -hmm. So a panel was put together and this panel determined that reparations to come in, a, in what they call full repair reparations to come in the form of five forms. And those five forms are one, cessation and non-repetition. That means that the crimes that are happening against that, that people, and, and, we, and you talked about it earlier in your show, those things that are still happening to us as a people, that that has to end in terms of reparations. Again, number one, option one and number two look a lot better in terms of that. So you stay in the United States, it's going to be a lot more challenging to <laughs> work out that one. However, that, you know, that is a demand and it makes sense. You know, you, it doesn't make sense to be getting some reparations and then, you know, the, the crimes and the, the disparities and things are still continuing to happen, being waged against the people. Uh, and then the second one is restitution. And restitution deals with the legal standing of a people, their citizenship, their sovereignty, their their nationhood, their language, their culture. Again, making a strong argument for one and two. You know, if you're talking about repairing us to the space in which we were before the crime happened, we're talking about restoring our traditional ways of being, our languages, our cultures, our ways of solving problems and conflict in the community, our ways you know, we didn't have prisons. You know, we didn't have police. We had we had ways of dealing with challenges in the community, but we didn't have those institutions. And so, to me, reparations would be us looking at how do we go back to some of those institutions. Uh, uh, and then a third form um, from the United Nations is rehabilitation. And rehabilitation means obviously, if these people have been harmed, there is there is um, health challenges mm -hmm. and, and you know again that's a show in and of itself you know from from people saying that you know just the journey of us from africa to what's now called the united states and the caribbean central south america altered our bodies you know because mm -hmm. we didn't get the proper food and nutrition and things didn't get proper water our, our our anatomy began to get altered from that point and continues as has been and continues to be altered you know, there's something, a science called transgenerational epigenetics that talks about how if someone has been traumatized, that it gets encoded in their DNA, that gets passed down generationally. And so we 
are the product of, of basically what I just say damaged goods, mm -hmm. you know, and and it's encoded in our DNA. So there's some deep healing that has to be done yeah. in terms of um, healing that. And then the fourth one is compensation. And so compensation obviously, you know, is important. We don't take, rep you know, compensation off the table. You know, these people say, you know, we need only programs and institutions and things like that. Uh, you know, people deserve money. You know, the whole, I always say the whole enterprise of slavery was based on, on money. The whole enterprise of convict leasing, enterprise of stealing black land, eminent domain, uh, uh, redlining, uh, educational disparities, health disparities, all really boils down to economics. So economics is important. Money is important. We live in, unfortunately, we live in a capitalist society where money is necessary in order to create um, institutions and the changes and the programs that we've been talking about. And then the last one is satisfaction. And satisfaction looks at how we address um, the reputation or the dignity of a people. We know that our reputation is constantly maligned in this country, and it's primarily done through the educational process, but it's also done through social media. It's also done through um, movies and TVs and cartoons and all of that, how we've been socialized to view um, black people's contribution to this world or lack of contribution. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so part of reparations is addressing that through education, through museums, through special days of commemoration, uh, you know, I've been really um, starting to play more, more and more close attention now. You mentioned earlier the show that I, I moved to Florida to this um, uh, crazy governor uh, that we yeah, had in, man. in Florida. The Santos. And uh, particularly around the, yeah, particularly though around the education stuff, you know, mm -hmm. him him rejecting the, uh, the advanced placement course for African-American studies. And one of the reasons he rejected it was because it was discussing reparations. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, but in addition to that, before the rejection of that, you had the anti-woke legislation right. in, in Florida, which, uh, which not only says you can't have conversations about race and things like that in schools, but also in the workplace. So all of the things that used to go on around diversity training and things like that is now not legal in Florida. Or mm -hmm. uh, uh, people can be um, uh, uh, serious repercussions for that, and then you have the the banning of the uh, 1619 project in the schools in Florida. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, even as we speak today, the students are, are protesting. College students are protesting um, this in, in Florida good. schools. I have staff at the University of Florida, I think, um, no, Florida State University. I heard, and University of South Florida. About three mm -hmm. of the colleges were mentioned. And so the young people will say, we ain't having this. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's um, satisfaction. So, so again, the five are, are cessation and non-repetition, restitution, rehabilitation, compensation, and satisfaction. And then the final one, which, you know, we can talk about also, which is self-repair. And that word, um, I, I prefer that concept as to as opposed to internal reparations. Some people use in the movement, right? Uh, self yeah, that was a, that means was a, that we have to do the work on ourselves, right? To heal ourselves. That's we, a, that and was while a, we fight things for the external reparations, yeah. that we and even in the fight for the external reparations, it still comes back to internal, right? Um, self repair. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so. yeah, that was a phrase that uh, brother Ken Bridges of the Matai Network, who was unfortunately 
killed mm-hmm. by the D.C. sniper. Beautiful man, good man, family man. And Certainly. so forth. He, when we were t- uh, organizing with Conrad and many others in the reparations movement, the, um, uh, what's the name with the December 12th movement? Her name escapes me. You probably know her. I know you do. Viola uh, Plummer. Viola Plummer. And we were organizing, yeah. and uh, he came up with the internal reparations that we need internal sure. reparations. We need to prepare ourselves to receive reparations, to use it wisely, to build to build a better mind people. Because we are so, you know, fragmented. We're so, you know, we, 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 some of us literally hate who we are, hate our Africanness, right. our hair, and so forth. You know, and, and even though that, that was quite a while ago, you know, sure. it is still today because it has been ongoing since we got out of our captivity to all of the, 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 the 30s and 40s and 50s of processing our hair and, 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 and sure. you know, choosing to be light, bright, and damn near white as opposed to being African, you know. So all of these things you know, yeah. are very serious as, if, as it relates to the reparations movement. That's why it is, it is so important that uh, we embrace it the reparations movement. You don't have to embrace in Cobra or any other thing, but you embrace the fact, and not that you you are embracing it to get some dollars. You're embracing it so we can prepare ourselves to be independent, self-determining, liberated, and sovereign people again. So we can speak our own special truths. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you, you know, I know you know, we've been emphasizing the global, and one of the things that came to my mind was I've been working with a sister um, who works with uh, uh, in Cobra, and she's um, moved back and actually has repatriated mm-hmm. to to West Africa. And uh, one of the things she was sharing with me though is how the the young um, how the young girls there um, don't want to play with black dolls. First of all, it's difficult to even get black dolls, from what I understand, <laughs> there in Africa. Man, yeah, and you know we know the story, we know the experiments that were done yeah. in the sixties and seventies with, the, with in the fifties, um, you know, black when, children yeah. wanting to wanting black dolls. But then, yeah, and then on, and then recently, more recently, right? You know, same thing. How long ago, it, the experiment was done, and pretty much with the same result, um, with yep. the same outcome, mm-hmm. right? That uh, and 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 even. You know, so yeah, so we, you know, actually she has launched a campaign to collect black dolls to take to Africa. Right on. But even still, there's still another level to it, which is, you know, still them still appreciating the black dolls and feeling like those dolls are beautiful and mm-hmm. and and they want to have those dolls. You know, you know, so it it, it is it is deeply um, some of uh, of it has been deeply ingrained in us, mm-hmm. um, not just here, but even oh, it's um, global. But it, yeah, it's global. global right? Yeah, you know, Dr. Kenneth Clark mm-hmm. did that study in the fifties, and then a sister did right. the same study in the nineties. You know, right. or in two thousand, right. some like forty, fifty years later, with the same results. And if you do it right now, mm-hmm. you'll get the same results. You know, right. yes, yes, there are some families who uh, uh, there's there's been some progression towards you know looking at ourselves in a loving and beautiful way. Our attire, the gay lays, our natural hair, you know, our big nose, big lips, dark skin. We love it. We love Africa, but that's a fragment of our people. 
that's the marginalization of our yeah, people, yeah. unfortunately, because particularly here in America, I, I venture to say, you know, if you took a poll, you know, at this very moment, not only because the reparations movement has been out there about a check, uh, particularly from uh, ADOS, you know, people will look at the monetary piece, you know, but in terms of real repair, in terms of who we are as a people, that ain't happening. You know, yeah. it, it ain't happening. They just want to get a check so they can maybe live better, buy a bigger house, bigger car, nice clothes, stimulate the economy. Then we right back because ain't nothing going to change this system. Ain't nothing going to change Caucasians. You know, it ain't, it ain't happening. You know, and, and, you you mentioned the two things prior to staying here once you get the check. You you're you're in the <laughs> you're you're in an environment of a people who hate your ass, can't stand you. Still today, you know, yes, there's been some more liberal people and, and even at that they're patronizing, but the bottom line is, you know, they can't stand our ass. Now we get reparations, we getting some money, even though, even even though they recognize the horror that we have experienced. But many people, and some of us, brother uh, um, Jamoke, feel that really Caucasians, by enslaving us, have helped us, took us out of Africa in that poverty. We could have been in Africa worshiping a, a rock. As, as, as this uh, uh, negress down in Florida, where you are, I don't know if she's on uh, uh, on a, a council or state rep or whatever, but that was what she was running. So I, you know, she was four square against it and believed that, you know, uh, this system, as bad as it is, it's better than others. That's what they always say. As bad as it is, at least it's better than some other place. And so we should embrace it. You know, no man. Mm-mm. Well, listen, brother, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, no, go ahead, finish right. your finish. No, no, finish your comment. No, no, let's do the break, and I was gonna open up a whole new conversation. So go ahead. We'll okay, take a cool. Break. We're gonna take a break. You open up a new conversation, and we'll get. We got a lot of callers. We'll get these callers involved, brothers and sisters. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on TimeForAwakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us, family. Okay. All right. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on Time for an Awakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. That's the Steppers. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago Steppers Breakdown. It's a good Friday song. I like to play something that's live on Friday. Reminds me of when I was working in the foundry and the second shift. Man, getting off on a Friday early, going to one of the clubs back in the day <laughs> all right brothers and sisters we're talking with uh, brother jamoke of in cobra and uh, very serious discussion because reparations and i know for some of us we don't feel we just you know not gonna do we don't deserve reparations but the issue of reparations is divisive you know and, and we're just trying to get along just making caucasians feel better about us sharing this stolen land and so forth. Yeah. Get out of here. Brother Jamoke, uh, talk to me, my brother. I just wanted to, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, it's probably been a couple of years since I've been on your show, and so I just wanted to kind of give people like an update, you know, sure, yes. on what's happening in the reparation movement, because things have really been moving fast. There's been a lot of um, forward moving movement of the needle towards reparations. Okay. The so at the federal level, last year we had up to two hundred and eighteen Congress people either co sponsors or agreed to vo- vote yes if HR forty was brought to the floor of Congress. That's the most we've ever had. I mean we've never that's basically the number that you need to pay that is the number that you need to pass the bill. And so however the House uh, Democratic leadership did not bring it to the floor of Congress, unfortunately. And so, you know, you have to every two years you have to start back over with the, with a bill, and and we're already now getting signatures again as co-sponsors. But we know that the House has, has flipped, and so it'll be much more difficult to pass it in the House. Right. Uh, we are looking exactly. at the Senate. There is a Senate version of the bill that Cory Booker has introduced, but. The primary focus right now, and we're encouraging people who want to get active with this, is to, is to contact um, the current president of the United States, Mr. Biden, and demand that he create a reparations commission by executive order. And we've already requested that of him. However, now you need to hear from our people. You know, hundreds of thousands of people, you can write him, you can email him, uh, text, call, whatever. Social media, I believe they have social media handles now for president. I doubt if Biden checks his social media. Hmm. However, get uh, a message, and it, it will get recorded that you have made your request that he set up a reparations commission by executive order. Mm-hmm. However, the, the real highlight of the reparations movement right now has been what, what we call local reparations. Right. And so you have all over the country of more than 40 cities now that are coming on board, cities and states and counties, that are setting up reparations commissions or reparations task force or having a conversation about setting up a reparations committee and task force in their area. Mm-hmm. I just got off the press, just hot off the press today. I just read, um, you know, yesterday I just read the fact that the uh, county, Shelby County, which is the county that Memphis sits in, uh, just um, voted $5 million for their reparations task force. And um, 
and as a as a part of the part of the movement of that had to do with the brother that was killed um right. brother Tyree mm-hmm. um, you know right however again but this is a momentum like i said that's going on around the country yeah. so uh, i think Edmonton what is, is i think one of the, one of the that we mentioned i'm sorry there. i apologize what 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 flagship what city i was going to say evanston yep that's how i was about to say yeah evanston illinois uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Evanston, Illinois. And what makes Evanston, Illinois, unique? Sister Robin Ruth Simmons, who was an alderman at the time, um, looking at how different programs in the community, particularly programs to address concerns of people of African descent, um, usually couched in the language of equity, she felt like really didn't have a profound effect, or didn't really have a, 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 a impact or a strong impact in her community. So she started looking at the idea of reparations. And shortly at the same time, this Illinois had passed a bill to legalize cannabis there. And so what they did, they knew that with with that legalization that there was that the state and municipalities were going to be collecting revenue for those businesses that was coming in, that would be setting up, and these would be new businesses. And so they decided to create a fund to to from that, that tax money up to $10 million to go into the reparations fund. And so she passed that as a bill and in Evanston, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. And then what happened is then they were able to pull down this money. So this is what makes her somewhat unique when she was one of the first to actually get some money. Right. Like many cities and states and counties have been talking about setting up reparations task force and setting up reparations commission. She... So she figured out a strategy how to get some money and how to get it out to the community. There were many, many town hall meetings that they had when they were planning this. They had historians that did research on, you know, the, the, the story of black people in Evanston. And what the people, what, what came out from the people that the main concern was, was gentrification. Right. So they decided right. to focus the, the, the money on, gent, on, on beating back gentrification by giving $25,000 grants out to people to help them keep their home, refurbish their home, uh, right renovate their home, but also too though, pay brother Jamal, whatever that that also huh? also too she she was the one that researched the redlining, the the you know Certainly. the fact that and, and that was a that was the probably the best emphasis in terms of of, of getting that money because the city right. of F- clearly did this they 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 uh, diminished the value of the homes of African-Americans while increasing the homes right. of Caucasians. So, so uh, the, the redlining as, as well as the other uh, a piece to garner reparations or some money from the sure. city, from the state to, to give to these brothers and sisters to beat back uh, the gentrification that is happening across this country. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she, yeah, she had a, um, a, an organization led by his brother named Dino, uh, I want to say Dino Robinson, uh, who really had been doing a lot of that research already. And so, again, it was kind of synergistically, like, you know, same time she was putting that forward, you know, he had been doing all of this research and, and continued to do and continue to do research for the Evanston reparations work that's going on. But you're, you're right. They had done a lot of research around the redlining and, and the, um, how the city was culpable in in the gentrification, not just that people moved out and people moved in, but, this, you know, based on city 
the uh, regulations and city things, things that the city actually did that to make it more difficult for black people to keep their property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, in addition to Evanston and, and, and I mentioned Shelby County, you have um, well, an organization that was created called Mayors Organized for, for Reparations and Equity. You have uh, the state of Illinois, the state of uh, California, Pennsylvania, New York, New yeah. Jersey, Connecticut, almost the whole East Coast, East okay. Port, uh, Massachusetts. You have Boston as a city. You have Detroit. You have Kansas City. Right. And look, uh, even with and, and one of the the other models, the other, I should say, uh, I guess so I use the word flagship before the other uh, situation that we're keeping our eyes on. And I really encourage people who really want to keep up with what's happening with the reparation movement at the local level, at the state level, is is following the California reparation right. Right. Uh, task force. Mm-hmm. They're meeting on a regular basis, and they make those meetings public. As a matter of fact, you can even call in from wherever you are in Atlanta or wherever you are and, and call in and weigh in on, on their – they have a time for public comment. It's the first hour of each meeting, and they allow people locally to uh, – to make comments, and they allow people to call in from anywhere around the country as well to make comments on the, you know, what the proceedings of the task force. They've been dealing with, I say, in real time, you know, issues of who who will be eligible, how much, you know, how do you quantify it, you know, somebody was in jail, you know, what, uh, if someone has lost their home. We talked, about, you know, just been talking about that redlining and, and eminent domain and all of that. And so they, they're actually um, really ha- working through all of that right now in the public sphere. So I encourage people, you know, to go check those out, you know, some of those hearings out that they're having. And, um, and even right in locally in Atlanta, there is a Fulton County Reparations Task Force that's been operating for about 14 months. They just recently got $250,000 to help them do their work. Again, it's uh, because it's a public entity. They have a Zoom meeting once a month, and you know, people can call in and listen to that um, meeting and, and get more involved in Fulton County Task Force. The city of Atlanta, I was just at a meeting last Thursday where that was hosted by the Atlanta chapter of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, and they are uh, leading or facilitating a conversation on Atlanta, setting up a reparations task force. They also have Michael Bond, council member Michael Bond, who is supporting them and will be introducing the legislation. However, they wanted to have town hall meetings to get involvement from the community for what what an Atlanta reparations task force should look like, should look like, could look like, and before he puts the legislation in. So there'll be a meeting, I understand they said, I think within the next uh, two months, uh, in the next 45 days or so, to continue to follow up on that. Uh, if, again, if you're in the Atlanta area, we can get more involved with that as well. Is, is, so yeah, the local reparations movement is really catching on. Um, like I said, many, many cities, counties. Uh, I'm working on the locally where I'm at in Miami-Dade County. We, we are working on moving the issue right now. We're focusing on getting, um, building up our stakeholders, getting organizations to come on board. There's something that in Florida.
part of mm-hmm. that's called the Black Affairs Advisory Board, which is the the entity that is supposed to advise and that's supposed to that advises the county commissioners on issues pertaining to black people. So we just thought that would be the strategically the first entity that we should go to. We went there, made a presentation. They voted unanimously to support us and to work with us and join our coalition. So they will be sent out letters to other, you know, organizations, sororities, attorneys, NAACP, uh, pastors, and things like that. And so that's what we're doing locally in um, where I am now in South Florida, right outside of Miami. So what do you think? Yeah, but again, it's happening all over the United States. So what do you think? And because these entities are popping up and they're talking about it and and uh, paying for studies and paying for groups and so forth, is Encobra still in the forefront of of the reparations issue? And also, too, where does ADOS play in this madness, in this divisive madness that they have created? Ooh we. Okay. Okay. I tell you what. You're supposed to be my buddy. You ain't supposed to ask me not only a difficult question, but a two-pronged difficult question. <laughs> well, listen, 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 brother Jamoke. Okay, you know I got love for you, man. But, but, is, but I want to, I want to go this, ahead and uh, uh, keep that, keep that yeah, question in it, mind because I want to open up to it, the. It, the yeah. I got a lot of callers who want to get in on this conversation. All right, no problem. No problem. Okay. Let's, get, let's get into it. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead, brother. Go so ahead, brother Jamoke. Okay. The first part of your question. The first part of your question is, you know, I, I would say, um, I'll, I may get in trouble for this, but I would say that Encobra is losing its influence as the, the, mm-hmm. the thought leader, premier organization around reparations in the United States. And particularly even, and particularly as it relates to the local reparations movement, because we have not really, really inserted ourselves in that as as aggressively as I think we should. Again, the Atlanta, excuse me, the South Florida chapter of Encobra is leading the fight in South Florida where I am. However, and and, and, in other cities. uh, That's not the case. uh, For example, Philadelphia is led by Encobra, the local leadership in uh, the local Philadelphia chapter of Encobra is leading that that conversation there. Uh, there's a brother named Mickey Dean. You know, I know Mickey Dean, a member of Encobra, active in, in, in Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we can point to certain places. Chicago, obviously, Evanston was strongly influenced by Encobra. She, you know, again, as I told her story, she wasn't that knowledgeable about reparations. So, the Chicago chapter, she leaned on the Chicago chapter. People like Conrad Worrell, brother Cam Howard, mm-hmm. Ivor Carruthers, and other people that that you know, schooled her more about reparations and, 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 and supported her and nurtured her around the issue of reparations. So, yeah, so we have, you know, mm-hmm. you know we have some influence. However, you know, I, I think that this thing is just pick, is just moving so fast and picking up, you know, where people are, are seeing it in the news and seeing, you know, like I said, you know, one, you open up, I opened up an email and just like I said, just yesterday in Shelby County, and it, it's just moving so fast. Um, then you also ask the second part of your question. You asked of, is about ADOS, mm-hmm. so which is kind of a little challenging to unpack. But what what I would say is that um, you know ADOS has a, a strong momentum, has a strong momentum of young people right, um, in right. the movement. 
people who are, people are coming into the reparations movement through ADOS as opposed to through ECOBRA, uh, and and some of them don't, you know, after they get in ADOS later on, they may find out about ECOBRA, but the ADOS uh, is their entryway into the reparations movement oftentimes, and, um, you know, they are very, um, they put a lot of content out on social media, through Twitter, through YouTube videos, and, and they have influenced quite a lot of people. The other thing, though, is that, and, and this is the part that I've really been um, grappling with, and, and I still haven't, I need to talk to my ancestors more and figure out what we do about this, but one of the one of the arguments, and you kind of alluded to this, um, one of the strong arguments that Ados um, makes is that reparations should only be for people who can trace their lineage back to slavery in the United States. And for us in the movement, Black Nationalists, Pan Africans, and others find that problematic. Yes, we do. However, this is the this is my concern. This is the concern, though, that I said I'm, I'm praying on and working on getting an answer. The answer is not revealed to me, and maybe it's not an answer. I don't know. Even people who don't know, who, who not, have not been influenced by Adolf, there is a large number of black people, and I have this conversation with them, who, who resonate with that. They feel like whenever, and, you know, one person said to me like this, you know, whenever black people get something, we can't get it just for ourselves. It ends up going to women or gays or, or other groups, Hispanics or whatever, whatever, you know, that. And so they're saying that someone who say, is a child of someone from Jamaica or someone who recently moved here from Jamaica or Nigeria or wherever should not be able to benefit from our reparations because we, we're the, our family lineages is the one who put blood, sweat, and tears into the soil of the United States. And so we should be the only ones who benefit. And like I said, even people who don't officially relate to ADOS do relate to that. And that's a challenge to me for Incobra and for the reparation movement and for those, you know, who think the way we do around, like you, like we laid out in the beginning, this being a global issue, pan African exactly. issue. And so I'll, I'll exactly. stop there. I know you said you had okay. callers on the line. But, okay. you know, I think that it's a very... And also, there's one other note. I think they they primarily see reparations are really much, in my opinion, solely see reparations as a check. Exactly. They um, look at it monetarily. Now, that's also problematic as yes, well. Yes, We talked about the reasons why that's problematic. And I think now what they do have, and I, will, I think it's important, I always try to find them whenever I talk some, that's not so positively about someone or something, try to find the positive. So they have something that they call the Black Agenda. And the Black Agenda, uh, and they've updated it and upgraded it, because I looked at it many years ago, and I just more recently looked at it. So I'm, I was glad to see that they had updated it and upgraded it. But basically what they say is that the Black Agenda is for everybody else, for, the, for other Black Americans who can't prove they have enslaved ancestors and for those, you know, more recent immigrants or children of recent immigrants to the United States. So the black agenda would talk about stuff like more more like equity type things. So more, um, you know, so like, for example, I think one of them was like, you know, the SBA um, uh, Small Business Administration gives out um, uh, the black, black people make up what, 15% uh, of the United States population? 
Well, so they say. I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, you so look at say, that, right? Exactly. So go ahead. Well, right. let's, let's just say let's just say twenty percent. Okay. We it could be higher. I don't know, mm-hmm. but let's say and the SBA only gives out say three percent of their loans go for business, small business loans go to go to black people. So they're saying that it should be at least twenty percent, right? So right? Whatever the population that we are to. So those kind of things like that, they have mm-hmm. other things around education and health and other things in there as well, even policing. I believe there's something on, in there about it. Um, so I, and, I, and so my thing is that if we could just get them to realize that that's also reparations as opposed to something separate of reparations, mm-hmm. but they do have that. So, you know, to give them some balance in the conversation, they do, they do have that document and they do say, look, this, you know, if you don't qualify for reparations because you can't trace your lineage and prove, this is the part I think that challenges, and prove that you had an ancestor enslaved. Because, you know, you can say, I trace my lineage back and my family, we know that our ancestors go back, you know, we trace our lineage back to, say, 1785. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that your ancestors were enslaved. That, you know, that was, that's during the enslavement period, but that doesn't mean that your ancestors were actually enslaved. Because you, so you have to go to another level to be able to prove that they were actually enslaved, which is, I think, quite challenging. And talking mm-hmm. to genealogists is going to be quite challenging. Exactly. Exactly. Let me take some calls, brothers and sisters. Give us a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We have a number you in the queue. You know what to do. Hit star twice, and we'll let you in. you got a question or comment for my brother, Brother Jamoke in Cobra. All right, 443-443. Good afternoon. Baba Oshi, thank you for taking my call. Hey, Brother, brother Jamoke. Uh, brother Jamoke, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I, I, I want you, I'm starting to realize that uh, when people are making a difference and you're starting to get something done and, you're, and it's movement, you're going to have a lot of different people with a whole lot of different ways to drive this train that you're driving. And I noticed that when white people are pushed up against the wall, they start passing laws so that you don't read books and you don't get information. That wasn't happening a few years ago. But all of a sudden, because you like I, you know like I know, they're losing their grip. The people who identify themselves as white, it's changing. Everybody, things, you have your, your, your time in the sun and, then, and then, you, then someone else has their time in the sun, what I'm trying to say. And what, what's happening is white people know that it's changing. They want to hold on as long as they can, but they're going to give it to you but they're going to give it to you screaming and fighting. And if they can make it all about money, then that narrows the scope. Because this is, this is much more than money. This is, reparations right. is about repair. And repair doesn't right. necessarily mean a check. So I think you're absolutely correct in what you're doing. And, of course, you're going to have uh, people who look like us and everybody, our skin folk and our kin folk, but they're going to have mm-hmm. their own agenda. And that has to be mm-hmm. pushed back because I'm telling you, the truth, you don't need, uh, the truth stands by itself. And that's why reparations mm-hmm. are here, because they can't, they can't deny slavery. You can't deny the reason white people live the way they live and run everything is because they had a head start on us. I mean, a tremendous head start, mm-hmm. and they're still doing it. And they're using other black people to carry their water, so to say. But no, brother, you're doing something. You, you, you all have made a difference. Whether you're in the forefront now or not, you all got this ball rolling. It is gaining steam. It uh, Everyone knows about reparations, 
but they don't know the intricate parts of re- uh, reparations. And that's what I learned from you today on this show. You were talking about specifics. You weren't talking in general. And that and, and that was worth a million to me. Thank you, brother, for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, thank you, brother. Peace. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. Get a couple of more calls. Hit, if you're in the queue, hit star twice, hit star twice, or dial 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. 646 Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, Listen, I just would like to know, with all of these states putting together these reparations, commissions, and they giving money to these supposed panels to do the research and all of that. This is my question. What happens when reparations is denied? Is there anything in place to put any type of real pressure on these people who have basically just put money in their pockets to say, no, we're not going to give you reparations. Because I believe that's the game that's being played. I think that they're using it to pay certain individuals that kind of shut up money in an undercover way. And when it boils down to have to implement any sort of reparations, they're going to be that excuse about we can't do it because we don't have the finances, this and that, that and this and that and this and this and that. My question is, when it goes down, because eventually it's going to have to come to some sort of head, what position is black people in to make them pay the piper? That's that's what the real movement should be about, forging a position to be able to punish their ass if they don't do the right thing. And the bottom line is, from what I see, it ain't happening. I, I hear you, brother. A couple of, um, a couple of things that you said uh, in, in your question. What, what I've always maintained, and I still maintain, is that, you know, reparations, like you said, when it comes to a head and we, we put the, you know, and I'm really more talking about the, at the federal level right now, and we make our demand for reparations, and, and we get um, pushback. I don't say, I'll, I, you know, some, usually I'll say that, you know, we make a demand, maybe we make 200 demands, and they, they say they're going to do eight of those demands. And so what happens is then we go back to the community because the community and our black people have, have supported these demands and have understand, you know, have come, you know, come, we've come collectively to, to validate and support these demands. Then we go back and say, this is, you know, they're only accepting eight of the other 200 demands. Now what do we do? That's what we move to, to the next level. And I think you're right. You hinted to it, which is nonviolent direct action, which is we shut down America, which is, you know, beyond boycotts, but we make we make it very difficult for them to move to operate in this country. And at that point, that's when they come back and, and say, okay, now let's have some negotiations. And also I think that some of that negotiations 
can also include us making some allies with people outside of the United States. I'm not going to name specific countries, but, you know, we need to think about whenever people have been successful at, at um, getting their independence, getting their agenda uh, across, many times it's because they've got support from outside nations. Um, yeah, but there's, and, there's well, no, I can't even, I can't, but so, there's so, no allies for black right. people in this world. There's, there's no, there's no allies for black people in this world. To even, to even think on that level is kind of, you know, to me, crazy. I mean, who is an ally to, to black people, really? I mean, the only, the only person or the only group that one could say have been some sort of an ally in a way has been some Latino nations when their leadership, listen to what I'm saying to you, when their leadership understands their African presence. Other than that, there's no allyship. I mean, that's that, that right there. But, but let me see, add this to, to, to what you were saying. Do you understand that most of the people who support reparations in the vision of reparations do it for the simple fact that they believe that they're going to get some sort of financial recovery, that they really don't have no other opinion on the reparations movement other than the fact that they may get some money. So, you know, I think one of the manipulations that's being played by the federal government and definitely the um, Democratic Party is to make Negroes feel as though, you know, we uh, could support reparations and we're willing to talk about reparations and throw y'all a couple of dollars and regards to reparations, but we ain't going to give you a black ass nothing. But what we want you to do is we want you to vote for us. That's really the game that's being played on us. I don't think, I don't think people realize it, but that's basically what the game is. And if you look at it from the so-called acceptance of the notion of reparation regarding black people, it's been predicated on and around the time of these bastards need your vote. So, I mean, you know, our education in regards to reparation to the everyday Joe Blow needs to improve, brother. Okay. All right, brother. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Jay. Thanks a lot. We'll let Brother Jamoke answer. Thanks, brother. And, of course, you could also get in on this conversation by dialing 215-490-9832, or you also can. Hit star twice if you're in the queue. All right, go ahead, brother. Yeah, I, I mean, people. I, I understand people. Are, people have their opinions and about things, you know. And and I said I wasn't going to say a country, but I'm going to go ahead and say country. We, we we do we have have had support in the past from China, and I think that you know we can continue to develop and nurture that support. But beyond that, you know, to me, reparations is is a uh, it, it's not a democratic thing. It's not a. It's not a, a a game that's being played on us. 
Because reparations is rooted in our ancestors. We started this show by talking about our ancestors, right. brother. That's right. And, this, and, and even going back to our ancestors that were on the ships and what they endured and all of that. And even our ancestors further back in that, that, the that brought civilization to the world and had great kingdoms and queendoms and, and, and the culture that we brought. So this is what we're dealing with in terms of this repair, this real reparations, is really something that is on a deep level. And, you know, you know I, I, I don't look at stuff just on the superficial level or on the, and, you know, everybody has their own spiritual tradition or religious tradition. I ain't trying to indoctrinate anybody. What, what, what I am saying, though, is that what we're talking about and what we're engaging in is at, at a level that's beyond politics, that's beyond uh, 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 democratic shenanigans, if you want to call it that, um, and, and it's something that is happening because we have, because it's rooted in our ancient um, past and it's rooted in our future. And even, I'll take it even one more step further. We, we have to also begin to um, connect this reparations work to the repair of this planet because reparations ain't gonna make sense to nobody if on a planet, if we if we're living in a planet where we can't drink the water and we can't breathe the air, and, and, and it's difficult to grow food, so part of reparations for some of us in this reparations movement, we have under, we understand that we're talking about repair, mm -hmm. not just for people of African descent, but also repair for this whole planet. I and I'm a, I'll stop there. I say, four zero four six nine seven four zero four six nine seven. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, greetings. Uh, excellent program, Baba Osi. And Brother Jamoke, I feel you did a really excellent presentation. I, I say, you're right. This is Sister Haiba calling. And I feel like it was so I think I recognize <laughs> You recognize the voice, brother? All right, I hear you. Okay. And, and it was so informative. And I really appreciated how you brought up the ancestors. You know, all the awesome ancestors that, you know, are part of this, you know, this movement that we have. And I thought that was so beautiful and so important and so true. And I want to lift up one of our, well, he's not an ancestor now, but one of our, our freedom fighters, um, uh, Baba Matulu Sakur. And I want to give a, 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 a shout out to our announcer that we, we are, the Malcolm X uh, grassroots is having um, our banquet tomorrow. I mean, it's not a banquet, yes, but it's yes. a com virtual commemoration. And so I don't know yes. if you spoke, if you announced it, Bob O. T. No, I, maybe I missed no, it. But... I did not. Okay, so I'm going to make that announcement. And uh, he's for he's for reparations also. So we say I say. Yes. So we have the com commemoration. It's going to be virtual. You'll be able to see Matulo live, getting, receiving his award, and it's going to be an awesome honoring for him and an awesome program with Matiki Scales, and uh, the listeners can just uh, go to MalcolmXBanquet.com. It's going to be virtual, and you can get, um, you know, your, your, the tickets for the donations. Okay. So I, I just wanted to say. Okay. Uh, MalcolmXBanquet.com. Yes, okay. it's at 7 p.m. tomorrow. Okay, Saturday. And so we're real excited because uh, Matula is going to be dropping some words. Yeah, okay. You know, some education yeah. and, and lifting us up, and so. We say I say. What's the, what's the so donation? About that. What's the donation, sister? Uh, it starts at $25. Okay. You can, be, you can do red $25, green 50 black 100 Okay. 
Red, so black, you got, or green. You know, you got your choice. All right, my sister. You know, whatever you can give. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so, yeah, I, I wanted to make that announcement. And I'm agreeing with in a lot of, I'm agreeing with all you were saying about reparations today, Demoke, and I mm-hmm. think that's awesome. And, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a debt that's owed. And, uh, you know, and I, I, and I do want us to work toward unity of, of, of how it's uh, actually obtained. And, you know, I know there's some people that, that have expressed that they feel we should just not get any reparations at all. But I, I would say that those that feel that way, uh, you know, they can work and pass it on to us that feel that we should get it. All and right. um, so, you know, that that would be just uh, – and then those of us that want, you know, we can do some positive things with them. You know, those of you know, Pan-Africanist nationals, we can pool what the resources we get from that to, um, mm-hmm. you know, to do what we need to do with with, with uh, Pan-African Federalist Movement and other progressive movements for us. And, you know, the other thing I, I was feeling is that, you know, you know, the, the, uh, the argument that, well, um, once we get the reparations, uh, we won't be able to ask for anything more. And I, I feel like that's, I mean, who said we could, was going to ask for some more or receive some more anyway. So that, that, that was, uh, how one of the All comments right. I was thinking about that. Okay. My sister. So, All right. So reparations now. That's right. <laughs> reparations I now. Yeah, I say. All right. That's okay. 202, 202, 271, 202. Yeah, greetings, Archie, and, and your guest. Greetings. Yeah, you know, see, this is this is why I constantly, uh, and I will continue to as long as I'm able to, uh, speak about how important it is for us to develop methods of private or secure communication. If we don't do that first, reparations, everything else is just passe. Because, in other words, we know we live in a culture where people despise us. They want to use our energy to maintain their country. When Roger Cheney said that the sons and daughters of Africa have no rights that the white man is bound to respect, they still live by that principle, regardless of how how many people you see on TV flashing around and dancing and singing just like the slaves did. It's no different. It's just modernized. So if we don't develop a way that we can communicate with each other, with our intentions and with our plans, everything else is just uh, passe. It's not going to work. Animals have their own method of communication. Plants have their own method of communication. We use white folks' devised methods for communication. And people at the CIA and NSA and the police department are listening to these broadcasts. In fact, not just these broadcasts. They listen to our phones. So even the things that we think we're saying to each other privately on our phone is being monitored. And and nowadays, they don't even have to have a person do it. There's AI that's capable of listening to my conversation with you right now, determine who's saying it, where he lives, uh, what he's done in the past, what his potentials are. These are things that are already in place. Who knows what devilish plans they have set for the future? This country isn't going to have any money um, in the future to pay us reparations. We need land. If it's the first thing we would have to acquire, brother, and I mean this, is land that we can secure, that is on a coast, that is available to an ocean, where we can then 
go out and trade if necessary or if possible with other people where where there's no uh interference mm-hmm. and there will be interference you can count on it um but i'm saying that's why oh i'm a you know i always say we get some young brother or sister it's going to hear my words and say man yeah, that's I hear you. something i got an interest in mm-hmm. and if you and i our generation never benefits from it at least we will have produced one right. who came up with a method of communication that can be secure and and monitored by us instead of the, our slave masters. Yeah. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. I hear you, my brother. I always, yeah. Uh, brother Paul, brother Paul. Good afternoon. Hello, good brother. evening. Good evening. Yes, sir. This is uh, brother Paul from the UK, brother Jim. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Paul. All right. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me, Bob Ochi? Very well. Go ahead. Yeah. Good. Yes. Um, to the brother. Um, uh, great work. Fantastic work. Um, is the brother familiar with um, Esther Stanford, Jose? I was going to ask you that. <laughs> very, yes, we're close comrades. Right. Well, you know, let me just say this. You, for those who don't know, he was one of the people I had in. He was one of the people I had in mind when I was talking about connecting the 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 reparations movement with the uh, environmental movement. Or, or say, well, I'm, know, glad, uh, I'm glad to I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that, my brother. You know, and I I also, I, I must commend your work because your the, the work you do, as well as others, uh, about reparations is outstanding. My brother, you know, uh, when I left school, I studied law. And I, I learned the reparations, but I didn't take it seriously. It was just an academic study, meaning that uh, when I heard the word reparations, it applied for me to um, pass an exam, to get passed, uh, to, to complete a law degree. It meant nothing more to me than that. But in reality, mm. it's Esther Stanford Jose and others like you who have actually shown me the integral and the real meaning of it. And I tell you, Baba, I tell you, you know, I, I, let me just give you this. Let me just explain this because it's important. Uh, I started the computer business there. Yeah? And when I started the computer business, I had no knowledge of computers. But one thing I went to, I, I spoke to a lot of people who looked like me. And uh, I spoke to even people who looked like me who was in the business. And, I'm, and I have to be honest with you, brother. I didn't get much support and I didn't get much help. I don't think they believed that I could achieve it. So I, I went it alone and I achieved it. And the funny thing is, when people saw what I was doing and, and saw uh, what I, those same people all of a sudden got excited. So I realized what I learned from that is that um, a great deal of time, people who look like us and others speak out of ignorance. They speak out of what they don't know because reparations, when you look at it and you understand it, it's, it, it's international law. That's what it falls into, the category of international law. Uh, it, no other category it falls into. Reparations is international law. And that means that you have to take it to an international level. And that means that you have to get your representatives, i.e. The, the, uh, your, your, um, your governments and your local governments, to represent you to speak on those issues. Now, brother, tell me where I've got it wrong. Brother Jamoke, you still with us? You said, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you, you, you're saying in terms of taking it to the international level. 
Well, it, it, rep, reparation. I'll try to get... Because I, I was trying to get I'm your saying, point. Because I've heard some people say, I, I've heard some people. There's there's some people in the movement that say, you know, you can't take, you know, uh, Malcolm said you can't take, you know, the fox to, to 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 the wolf for for justice, you know, um, you know, and that's why he him and other people focused on on the United Nations and focused on you know taking it internationally. However, um, you know, the the challenge with that, and I've shared this with people before, is that. If if we if we can win we can win a verdict for reparations for example in at the international level or in the UN or in the UN body but it still have to be implemented by the United States or whatever country that people find themselves in it would start to be implemented through their national national governmental structure and we've seen in the past that you know there's been times when the United Nations has said to the United States or there was vote that said you know don't invade this country or don't do this or do do this and the United States ignored those 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 um edicts or resolutions or whatever you want to call them from from international bodies and did what it chose to do. So it is important I think that we raise it in the international arena and get support in the international arena. And my opinion is that it's still gonna come back to uh the nation to to actually resolve the actual specifics of what it will look like and, and for it to actually happen. Brother, you know what I was trying to, the point I was trying to make? Let me make it clear, so it's clear. The point is the remedy on, of reparations has been mm-hmm. created by international law. That's a fact. It's, it's not something right. where the American government has come up with. It's not something where the UK government comes up. It's an right. international oh, yeah. remedy. I'm in agreement with that. So they, yeah, maybe yeah, you didn't hear yeah, me at the beginning yeah, of the show. That, I gave the definition, yeah, the United Nations yeah, definition for reparations. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Okay, so I, I, yes, yeah, so brother, I didn't hear the beginning of the show, but I think it's important that the, that the people recognize that it's a remedy under international law for government. That's what it is. That's I what reparations is. So, so when people, so, yes, so when people say things like we're never going to get it and all this, I, 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 I always think of if a burglar comes into your home, okay, and you want to apply the law. The law says that you should, you should contact the police. Now, you can take a gun and go and kill that burglar. You can do that. But the law is going to have a remedy against you. So what I'm saying is that people need to recognize that it's a protocol you follow. You have to follow that protocol. So when one says, oh, we're never going to get this or this is going to happen, then what he's actually saying is if a burglar comes in his house, he, he's just going to put his hands up and accept that that he's been robbed and that's it. There's no remedy. Or he's going to take his gun and go and find the burglar and kill the burglar. But there's going to be a remedy for him because there's a remedy called a prison for him. Okay? So I, I, I'm just saying, brother, the work you do is outstanding. And sometimes when I hear the arguments, I recognize that uh, some people don't have the understanding uh, uh, that it's, a, it's an international, it's a remedy under international law for government. And there's a protocol we have to follow. And, yeah. and personally, looking at it, I, I have no doubt that we will achieve it. Well, I, I have no doubt. And you, you know, right. but the, the, the bottom line is, is when we achieve it, where do we go from there? Yeah. All right, brother. Uh, brother, brother Paul, appreciate you, man. I, I'm up against the clock. I want to get Mama Nabantu in. Mama Nabantu. Yes. Greetings, all. Um, thank you so much uh, for having brother. Uh, Jamoke on your show to um, give the 
specifics about what's going on with reparations, and I commend him for his work and uh, and the history that he has is uh, phenomenal. I mean, he knows his stuff, and um, and it's great to have him give all that information out so people can get a better understanding about reparations, not just being a check, but to do the repairs if necessary. I had an opportunity to go to uh, East Africa uh, last uh, November and actually see the underground dungeons um, with the uh, enslaved people that were there, uh, that was there back in the day. And um, I didn't know that much about the uh, the trading that took place in East Africa. One of the reasons uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to go to East Africa to learn more about it. Um, so, uh, but there's a big elephant in the room. Given the global situation that we're in right now, with the the war has already started. The nuclear war started with Russia and uh, China, and um, the fact that all these countries are beginning to not use the American dollar anymore. Um, it's coming up this past week. Uh, various countries in Saudi Arabia, I think Iraq, saying they're not going to use the American dollar anymore. And it's, I think it's going to be a domino effect across the world to stay away from the U.S. dollar. So um, in terms of getting reparations, I'm just wondering where, uh, what are we going to be getting? Uh, if we get the repairs, it's going to cost. And then if... Um, this empire that we are under right now, uh, I do believe it's going down. Um, it's going to be taken over by a foreign entity. And we have to sort of look at what's going to happen uh, down the line 20 years from now uh, when this empire is no longer going to be in charge. It may be Asia. I mean, it may be China. It may be Russia or, or, or the combination of, 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 of Germany and all of this. So it's a concern in you know, I want to bring it up because uh, we can't uh, ignore the fact that things are changing so quickly around what's going on um, with this war. And it's going to be uh, historic that, in fact, that it's going to impact the U.S. Of all the wars that have taken place, there will be more impact in America um, than ever in history. Thank you, so, Sister. Uh, I'm Thank done. You. All right. Thank you, Mama <laughs> Nabantu. Appreciate you. Brother Jamoki, you have the last word. Uh, we're up against the clock. I appreciate you, my brother, for coming on, and I'm definitely going to have you back on uh, very soon and, 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 and continuous because this is a serious issue for our people. And just as yeah. you said about what Mama yeah. Bantu had talked about. So go ahead. You got the last word, dear, dear brother. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, you, uh, if I, I just wanted to say, because I know you, you, we're short on time, I just wanted to say, um, when the sister who called in talked about Dr. Um, Dr. Matulu Shakur, that um, releasing of our political prisoners has always been a top demand for us in the reparations movement. And and almost every INCOBRA convention in the past years, we often we usually had a workshop or panel around political prisoners and prisoners of war and, and finding out you know what their status was and what could be done to get them out of prison. And this is my position, not in Cobra's position. Part of reparation would be releasing all the brothers and sisters in the jail. Um, so, again, I'm just closing out and definitely want to acknowledge the points that Mama Nabati just made. Um, we, we, we have to be, really have some deep conversations and strategy sessions on how do we move forward in, in, in the light of some of the changes that are happening right now and the changes that are predicted to happen in the next 
um, a couple decades. Um, but basically, I just want to say, you know, you, you this is um, February 25th, tomorrow is National Reparations Awareness Day. We thank Baba Oshie for giving us this opportunity to get the information, more information out about reparations. Um, different chapters around the United States will, will be having reparations events on tomorrow. And you can get in touch with Encobra at our website, officialencobraonline.org. That's officialencobra, N-C-O-B-R-A, online.org. And people can contact me at reparationsj at gmail.com. It's reparations with S, the letter J, at gmail.com. And my number is 678-437-7882. Again, that's 678-437-7882. And I'll close out with a little, it's part of a quote from Eddie Conway, who was a political prisoner just recently transitioned. And he basically said, every, you know, time is getting more and more crucial and we need everybody to get involved and do your little part. Uh, well, I guess it's more of a paraphrase, not the exact quote, but I remember the part of do your little part. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, right. I'm going to close out with that right. note, um, that everybody has a part to play and we encourage everyone to do your little part, um, as it relates to reparations, as it relates to restoration of the planet, as it relates to, uh, changes that are um, coming uh, before us. All right, so again, thank you, Brother Oshie. Thank you. I say. I say. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people, lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they sure in the hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Abibi Fahodier. Abibi Fahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. All right, family. Peace to you.